I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Bertoff at Microsoft. Jeff is the Principal Program Manager Lead at Microsoft and one of the big advocates for progressive web apps there. In this episode, Jeff and I talk a lot about why Microsoft made progressive web apps such a key component of its overall strategy, how you actually can get a PWA in the Microsoft Store, and what's next for PWAs to drive even further adoption. And make sure you stick around to the end, where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think about mobile differently, but implement it effectively. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Talk to me a little bit about how you first got started in tech. You know, I, I actually started many, many, many years ago in audio recording. And then somebody had to build a website. So I thought it would be cool to build a website. And this is when I was in college and nobody who was a real serious programmer was doing web programming at the time. It was just something that kids did. So I did it and then I never stopped. It's just always been something that people have needed, companies have needed. So I've always had a job in it. That's really interesting. That's kind of actually how I got started in tech too. It was like my freshman year of college. Somehow I got sucked into doing the website for the newspaper, didn't know how to do it. And then here we are. (laughs) Yeah. It was like an AV club convert to web developer. And then after that, I never even used my college degree because I didn't need it. I was introduced to you from Alex Russell when I was talking to him about progressive web apps. He name dropped you and said that you were one of the people that he got started kind of talking about this idea with. So I'd love to hear more about really how you kind of got started with progressive web apps and really what your history is there. It's a great story. I want to tell you more of the story than Alex told you because there's some kind of funny parts to it as well that um, he, he probably doesn't like to talk about as much, but I love to. So you know, I actually, I got really into WebOS. I don't know if you remember WebOS or not, but, you know, it was Palm, then it was HP. And the whole idea of building native apps from the ground up with JavaScript and web technologies was just such a fascinating idea to me because I could use my web developer skills and I could compete in the app arena. And I could be in app stores and I could use native APIs and all of those things that just weren't on the web yet. And so I built out a number of apps for WebOS and then the whole project got canceled. And um, I was crushed for like 20 minutes until the same day Microsoft put out a blog post about how they were their new platform for Windows 8 was going to be based on JavaScript and you could build apps with JavaScript. So um, I was thinking like, sign me up. And so I actually came into um, a job post where they were looking for an HTML5 evangelist. And I was like, this is cool. I could actually help other people do this same thing. And so um, I applied and they hired me and uh, the next thing I know, I was working on Internet Explorer 9 back then. And then we were starting this whole app ecosystem that was really similar to what we did in WebOS. So it was just all JavaScript HTML apps. Well, after a couple years of working on that platform, I started to get feedback from developers that this was really cool, but... There's so much value in deploying to a web server. 
you know, having that code on a web server, being able to just simply push a change up to the web server was really important to web developers. And the whole idea of having to go through a native store and have it get approved by Microsoft or Apple or Google or whoever was kind of a hindrance to the process. And I kind of was converted and I was like, you know what? I think you're right. I think that deploying to the web is actually one of the most important aspects of web development, that always up to date aspect of it. And so I started racking my brain about, well, how do we serve both this idea of being an app in the store with having the always updated scenario that we have on the web and this idea of just being able to deploy to a web server to update. And so I started working on this project and it eventually became known as the web app template. And it was WAT is what we called it. And when I was sitting down trying to figure out like, hey, how can I build a tool that takes what we're doing on Windows and instead of being a packaged app, it turns it into what we were calling a hosted app at that time. Um, and so I was I was going through this kind of stuff in my mind and trying to come up with some designs. And most of the most people inside of Microsoft at that point didn't quite get it. They were not thinking that way about apps. And so I go to this conference and I don't remember what conference it was. I don't remember where it was or when. I think that it was one that was ran by Andrew Betts, if I remember right. So I go to this conference and the, one of the topics is IE 8 or maybe it was IE 6. It was how to get rid of some version of IE. And so I, being the HTML5 evangelist, I'm up there, you know, talking about the things that Microsoft's doing to try to get people to move on from IE. And this guy stands up on the other side of the room and he just is passionately at first, I thought he was arguing with me, but then he's passionately like agreeing with me about these things that we need to do. And then he ended his statement with, and that's why we built Chrome Frame. And I didn't know who this was, and I'd never met him before. So I did know Paul Irish. Uh, we had done conferences together and stuff. And so I talked to him and said, you need to introduce me to whoever this guy was, because I don't think we disagree. I think we actually agree. And this is kind of all fuzzy in my, my head, but somehow we were at a bar. I think that's where the after party was. And Paul introduces me to Alex. And so we immediately start talking about, uh, you know, like the next steps. And the next thing you know, we're like drawing pictures on napkins and trying to explain to each other how we think the, the web should, you know, transform itself into a platform where you can run apps. And so I'm sitting here with this guy from Google and it's like, wow, we, we actually have the same idea. And it, it, so it turned out he wasn't on the other side of the fence. He was like thinking the same way I was. And so that was kind of my first experience of working with someone at Google, like working from, with someone on the Chrome team to come up with some ideas. So I, I kind of continued on and we, we built out what we called hosted web apps, which is the, you know, the prequel to what we have as PWAs today. Um, they were based off more of a custom manifest. We did not have service workers, but we had an outstanding, you know, app container that they ran in. And then Google was building out what eventually became known as progressive web apps. And they started with service workers and 
So Alex and I, I think we kind of formed a bond from our original public debate. And, you know, we just kind of started sharing ideas with each other over years and talking about how, you know, we were making these changes here and they were making those changes there. Um, eventually, we totally got on board with um, taking service workers on and adopting service workers. And, um, you know, they they ended up doing the web APK, which was very similar to what our app container was like. And these things that we were kind of built parallel became one standard. And it's just one of those places where it's just so awesome when we can kind of like put down the differences between the different goals that we might have is as browser makers and think about like building a great experience for users that is standardized for developers. And that's, in my mind, how we got to PWAs today. That is such a cool story. Yeah. As Alex said, there's tons of other people who were out there, like Andrew Betts himself, who was doing the Financial Times. They were using AppCache, basically, to create what Service Workers does today. You know, there's people all over the place. And, and um, you know, Mozilla was doing the uh, Firefox apps, you know, which really kind of laid some foundations, too people all over the place doing different things that um, when once we started working together, you know, it was boom, it was standardized. And, you know, we're kind of on the path that we have today. So would you say that progressive web apps are really kind of like an evolution of really what web apps were and how they've kind of evolved from a technology perspective over the last decade? Absolutely. I think that our history has been pointing us in this direction. If you look at things of like even the web app manifest spec, it started out as part of a widget spec years ago, then it was deprecated, and then we opened it back up. It's just one of those ideas that you couldn't keep down. So I think that the this isn't something that's brand new. This is really just kind of a pinnacle of a bunch of technologies that have evolved together. When you think about progressive web apps and compare them to kind of traditional web apps that we would have have been used to for a while. What do you think are the main differences? Going back to the original discussion that we were we were having about web apps many years back, one of the things that Alex was really passionate about was keeping the URL. One of the things that I was really passionate about was always up to date. And so, you know, today when we think about like web apps, those are things that are just part of being on the web today. And so there's certain things that should definitely progress through an application, whether you're just a website or whether you're, you know, running a progressive web app or anything in between. And so you can't really draw a line in the sand and say, well, you know, this is the feature that makes it a progressive web app. You know, it's really about looking at the web and saying, hey, here's all these really important things. And when you get enough of them together, the experience becomes an application. Like it's, it's, it's often hard to even define the difference between a web page and a web app. It's like we just kind of use them interchangeably. But um, it's really about getting, having the right technologies in place to be able to build an app experience. When you think about the benefits of PWAs from like a developer perspective, what immediately comes to your mind? We think a lot about the end user experience on these things, but developers themselves 
have been looking for ways to participate in the app ecosystem. And you can look at it from two different ways. You can say, well, I want to be in the store. And I, I remember if you even talking about like Financial Times, they had um, a delivery over the web, but then they always had like a placeholder in a store, right? That kind of pointed people to their web app. And so that's one of those things like, you know, developers sometimes need to be able to participate in the app ecosystem. Like they need to just be able to say that they have an app um, and point people to an app store. And so progressive web apps are powerful enough to handle that scenario. You know, there's also sometimes there's like there's a battle for just a spot on the home screen, right? Just a place where you can have a button where you know a user is going to keep coming and engaging with your app. And so progressive web apps allow you to, you know, have your own space on the home screen, right? They allow you to be one of those first class experiences that users expect. So when a developer asks me, why should I build a progressive web app? One of the things that I try to take them back is this is, well, let, let's look at the found, at the foundations of what a progressive web app. I mean, first of all, if you're not running on HTTPS, you, you should be, right? That's just kind of a, a, a given at this point in, um, you know, the, the, a web developer's career. But let's talk about what service workers could do for you. Let's talk about the benefits that you can get there. Let's talk about what adding a manifest to your site could do for you and the benefits that you get there and kind of take them back through the process of the different pieces that build a progressive web app rather than just saying, hey, you should have a progressive web app because then you get XYZ. What do you think the biggest challenges is as someone's considering, you know, whether or not to build their first PWA? It kind of depends on the goals of the developer because Again, one of the great things about PWAs is that it's it's helping different developers accomplish different goals. But if you are comparing it to a native app, and that's actually one of the strategies that we see more and more often is that um, we have a app in this store, we have an Android app, we have an iOS app, we have a Windows app. We would really love to have one app that runs everywhere. And so... If you're comparing it to a strategy for native apps, then you're basically looking at the value prop you get for a PWA and the value prop that you get for um, a native app. And it's a challenge sometimes to meet all of the goals that you get with a native. And I can tell you, that's one of those things that we at Microsoft are thinking about all the time. And the folks at Google and at Mozilla and Apple are thinking about all the time. How can we make that experience on the web just like a native one? I mean, if you think about just even like with some of the new CSS specs that are coming up with Houdini and the Paint API, they're all designed around being able to create that same immersive experience for users that you can get on a native app. So um, some developers, when they're looking at their strategy from that perspective, they've got to figure out, can I meet the same goals, the same design principles, the same needs that I'm meeting with my native app? And if I can, totally, let's do progressive web app. Someone came to you and said, I think, you know, I really want to create a PWA for the specific use case. You know, what's your best advice for them to get started? You know, what questions would you ask them? What advice would you give them? I'm going to use this time for a shameless plug where I talk about the web tool that I work on myself, which is called PWA Builder. 
And the whole reason that we have that is to answer that specific question. We know that there are developers who have a web app today and they want it to be a PWA and they don't know how to do it or they want guidance or they want direction. And so we, that's exactly what we do. We'll take your website in, we can build manifests for you, build service workers for you. We can help you get packages to publish to different stores if that's the goals that you're trying to get to. And we're even now we're, we're exploring adding features that um, help you become more app-like, right? And kind of to meet some of the app expectations that users have when they're using a PWA. So that's where I direct them. And my, my goal is, is that we can be that, that launch pad for developers uh, when they're making that transition. We've got some really cool um, companies who have partnered with us, including Google and Mozilla and Samsung and um, other companies like that. But uh, for me, it's kind of, kind of been my passion for years and we're um, continuing to try to figure out new ways to help developers get going on PWAs. As you talk to developers and they use PWA Builder, what kind of feedback do you get from them? The best feedback is when I get no feedback because that means everything just worked, right? And so that's kind of always nice whenever we can look and say, oh, hey, you know, these, this, these apps are out there because of, of PWA Builder. But, you know, one of, the, one of the big feedbacks that we do get is that PWAs are still not as simple as we would like them to be. And so I think that's kind of some of our challenges going forward, um, both as browser makers and standards bodies and, and community frameworks. There's still more that we need to do. We, you know, the, the manifest is very powerful, but I think there's a lot of potential that hasn't gone into that yet. I think there's still a lot of things that we're using other manifests for or we're using meta tags for, or we're even using permission request where that could all be done in the manifest. And I think it would just make a simpler experience for developers. Service workers is also a, a place where a lot of developers can get discouraged. We, we try to offer some really basic service worker options and um, we're 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 going to start adding a few more that have a little bit more complexity, but um, our goal was always to give you one or two pieces of functionality that will pretty much work without editing, and then as you grow, kind of have you build on top of that. But um, we think there's still some stuff that can happen in service workers that we're starting to see every developer do that we can um, standardize so that it just happens automatically for developers. As we get that feedback from users that they have challenges with this or they have challenges with that, sometimes it's just like, like we started talking about it, a challenge explaining what a PWA is. Uh, we, we try to try to get our heads together with the other developers who are, who are contributing to it and see if we can figure out a way to solve that with the tool. Sometimes we can't, right? Sometimes it's just something that takes something bigger. And that's when we move into standards bodies and, and things like that. But it's always, it's always, I love the challenge of trying to find the gaps that we have on the platform today and solve them with a tool. And then the ultimate, you know, the ultimate affirmation is when you build something into a tool and then it gets adopted 
and standardized and turned into a standard that that works everywhere. I know you're at Microsoft and they have really bought in a ton to PWAs and made a big push as their overall strategy. Can you talk to me a little bit about just from a Microsoft perspective, how you think about progressive web apps and why that's been so core to really what you guys are doing? This goes back to Windows 8. Windows 8 is when we started looking at the web as a first-class platform. And that's kind of a term that we throw around in Microsoft, first-class platform. But what that means is that you should be able to build an app with the web and a user should just see it as an app. So I'll be be frank with you. One of the challenges that we've always had is getting developers to do something specifically for Windows. And it's not necessarily a bad challenge to have because really we're, we are looking more and more for, hey, how can we standardize what we're asking web developers to do? But on Windows, moving from that hosted web app world where the hosted web app was a, a first class you know, platform on Windows into the, the space where now the standard progressive web app is a first class app on the Windows platform is really opened up the platform for developers. And then of course, that in turn for, for users, there are a couple um, uh, developers and, and companies who have been really vocal about their experience of bringing PWAs to Windows. And, and Twitter is always one that we go back to because they're kind of, you know, they're a leader in the PWA space. For sure, they were kind of one of the first apps out there to, um, you know, release a, a PWA. And so, when when we look at that, Twitter about a year ago was maintaining both a Windows app and a progressive web app. And we we sat down with them, and you know, they kind of had this idea of saying, "Well, what if we just had the progressive web app?" And that is what our app was on Windows. It started a really, um, you know great step in their app platform because suddenly the Windows app was always up to date with what was happening on the web because the PWA was always up to date. Um, we, we started getting new functionality that we were able to do on a PWA on Windows that um, couldn't or, or wasn't, wasn't being done on the, the old Windows app. And so we started to see an improved experience for users. We started to see a better, you know, more focused team at Twitter and suddenly like Microsoft's goals of getting people to build PWAs and Twitter's goal of building a PWA started aligning. We've seen many companies since then since then start bringing their PWAs. Just a, a few weeks ago, we we welcome uh, Hulu onto the platform with their, their PWA. And um, it's just awesome to see these experiences out there replacing what was you know, traditionally a, a native application and users totally embracing it and, and, and totally, you know, accepting it and, and, and having great things to say about it. So from our perspective at Microsoft, we see that and we're like, you know, there's, there's a world where there's always going to be a native application need. There's just, if a web app can do everything that a native app can do, then you're doing your native app wrong, right? You always have access to more performance and and more APIs in that layer. And so this world where we have, you know, these powerful native apps, and then we have this whole army of progressive web apps out there filling the rest of the gaps really becomes a complete platform for our users. And, you know, as we continue 
to grow in that space. We've talked a little bit about our next step of also doing the install from browser for progressive web apps. So we're you know opening the opportunities of where um, PWAs can be installed. I think it's just going to make a really solid app ecosystem for our users in the future. And we're also doing it in a way that supports the approaches that developers have been um, taking to build applications for years. That is great to hear, at least from my perspective, because I'm a big fan of everything that comes with progressive web apps and everything that you guys are doing. So for those people who aren't very familiar, can you explain a little bit about how PWAs work in your store? The, you know, the essence of, of uh, PWA is, you know, you have an HTTPS app that can work offline and can manage its own traffic and then is driven by something that is called a W3C manifest. Um, that, that manifest is really just a collection of metadata that tells your operating system what this app should look like, how it should behave. So you, things like icons that should be used in start menus, things like splash screens, theme colors, and those type of things. Well, those are the same type of things that we used to ask for for a Windows app. So there's a really simple way to just take your um, PWA and put it into the Windows Store. The very first step is you build a PWA. And so that's where you need a manifest. You need to have service workers or some robust um, you know, offline uh, support there. Um, PWA should be cross-platform. So it's it's something that you need to test in all your browsers. You need to test it on your Android phone or your iOS phone, um, on your, your, your Windows tablet and your Windows PC. But when you build a PWA, it should just work everywhere. Then to get yours um, PWA listed in the store, we do have one additional step right now. And you can just do that through PWA Builder, where it gives you a um, what we call an Apex package that gets submitted to the store. Now, submitting to the store, like that, that part is pretty simple, but submitting to the store is really where you then go and build the listing page that you have for your PWA. And that's really kind of the, um, the big step that we want you to take. We have, have looked many times at ways that we can go and automatically publish apps to the store and everything. But what we found is whenever there wasn't that developer clear intent, where they went and added a description and um, screenshots and age ratings and those type of things. It's it's much better when they just go to the the, the dev center and do it themselves. So um, that's what it takes to get your PWA. It's just a PWA, but then you go to the dev center, put the package that gets um, spit out of PWA Builder up there, and then you fill out your your information for that store listing page. It's much like what you would do today if you were going to do a, a Chrome extension in the, the Chrome App Store or something like that. Um, and then um, we'll see where that goes in the future. Like I said, we're always looking for ways to simplify and make those processes easier than they are today. So speaking of that, what do you think is next for PWAs in general? Oh, that's a great question. There, there's clearly work that needs to be done on today's PWAs. I mentioned there's still some tasks that are not not as straightforward as they could be for web developers. So today, there's still just a lot of work that we need to do on what, what we have out there. The next thing is, is that there's a lot of functionality that we hear from 
developers that they are missing from the cross-platform aspect of PWAs. So one of those things is on Windows, one of the things that we've kind of tested out is giving file access to PWAs. And so we have like some video services that will use that to store offline content for uh, viewing when you're not connected to the internet. And um, it's something that works in conjunction with their service workers so that um, you're able to you know, load up your page and then load a, a um, video file from your local hard drive and play it offline. Those type of APIs are missing from the standardized web. And so um, there's, there's already some discussions in the, you know, inside of Chromium today to ways that we can make that happen. But some of those features are going to be the next frontier for PWAs where we're able to enable experiences that can't quite be done yet today cross-platform. Uh, there's still, still things too like badging and, 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 and jump lists that we've had discussions um, with other browser makers about that are just kind of standard in applications, but aren't yet there in PWAs. And I think that that's those type of new application layers are what's in the immediate future for PWAs. And, you know, I do have some ideas for what I think are really the next chapter the next, next chapter, but I, I probably need to save that for an undisclosed bar in an undisclosed city, um, you know, with Alex and some, and some napkins and some yelling and some hugging and all those type of things to figure out before I, I, I put them out there. <laughs> I love that you're already thinking about that, like not just what's next, but what's next after that. Yeah, it's it's just like I said, I mean, this is kind of my whole life. I've kind of been thinking about the bringing these spaces together, the web and the app space. And, you know, when we start to see computing growing so quickly and in new areas with new inputs and stuff like that, you just have to wonder, it's like, well, how, how is the web going to change with that? And so I think there's going to be some, some exciting things that we can do to the web that keeps it uh, really connected to uh, what's happening in computing today. So I know you mentioned Twitter as a great PWA example. Do you have any other favorites that you just really love what they're doing? You're making me choose between my children. Is that what you're doing? Ask me which one. You love all of them equally? I, love, I like best. You can pick a couple. That's totally I can pick fine. A couple. Okay. I'll tell you, I've, I've, um, I've loved what Starbucks has been doing for the last couple of years. The, the experience that they're building for like ordering online and just the, the approach to simplicity that they've taken is um, really inspiring. And I'll give you an example. They, you know, when you order a drink with the PWA, they just, they have a barcode. That's your, your payment account. And that's cashed offline with a service worker. And then it, you know, it's what you use to pay whenever you go into the store and they scan it. So even if you don't have internet connection in the store, your scan still works. That could have been really complex. That could have used a web service, you know, caching a request inside of a service worker, then waiting for a reconnection to send that request through and then a confirmation response. But instead, they used, they used uh, a barcode. And it's one of those things. They just have a nice, light PWA that works whether you're online or off. And I can't stress. I, so I myself, I live in South Texas and I live 
in a little town called Maiko, which is southwest of Austin, west of San Antonio. And I know what it's like to not have internet connection. And so I can't understate enough how much the ability to work offline aids in an experience. So what they've done is definitely one of my favorites. If I had to choose another one, it would probably be Pinterest. They've been very public about the work that they're doing, you know, in the PWA space. And Zach um, has gone out and really kind of talked a lot about what they've tried, what worked and didn't work. And he's gone out to to developer conferences and everything and shared that. And um, that's always appreciated. And um, just seeing seeing them take on the app like experience and the attention to detail. It's it's not just a mobile web page that has been you know has a service worker behind it. Um, it's a it's a it's a real app experience. And you know, like as a Pinterest user, um, that's something that you've kind of grown to expect. Pinterest is just a well refined experience on a native app, and so taking that same approach with their PWA. I think really is going to set them up for success. And I think it's a good kind of a, a lighthouse example for other developers to go out there and, and make sure that their PWAs are meeting that same quality level. Ever since Alex Russell mentioned Jeff's name to me during our interview earlier this year, I knew I had to have him on the podcast. And his interview, you guys, was chock full of great stories and information. I hope you felt the same. Personally, I loved hearing about how he first met Alex and how they talked about the future of the web at a bar while they were writing concepts on napkins. You can't make that stuff up. This story, plus all the others he shared, are just a prime example of how beneficial it is for various individuals within the development community, and really any community for that matter, to come together, share their ideas, and push the entire industry forward. Now, let's get to my favorite part of the show, where we take the education and apply it to your business. There are so many great insights to my conversation with Jeff that can really help transform how you think about mobile. Let's dive into my top three takeaways. First, progressive web apps are really an evolution from web apps that we've all used for more than a decade. In fact, Steve Jobs first introduced the concept of a web app in 2007 when he introduced the iPhone. It was actually his one more thing. Now, we all know that Apple obviously went in a different direction a year later with the App Store, but the technology behind web apps didn't go away, and many developers have been successful using them for many, many years now. And PWAs are just an evolution of this concept, and I really liked how Jeff explained it. They're really a pinnacle of technologies that have evolved together to get us where we are today. And what's really exciting for me is the standards of PWAs are constantly evolving, so there's definitely more to come in terms of functionality in the near future as well as the long term. Next, one of the common questions that gets asked a ton about PWAs is will they show up in the App Store? And for those of you that really want to have your app appear in an App Store, good news. For Microsoft, as Jeff mentioned, you could actually get it listed in the Microsoft Store. To get your PWA in the Microsoft Store, you're probably going to want to start by going to pwabuilder.com to get the package that you need to get it uploaded in the Dev Center there. And then you're going to fill out your store listing page, and that's going to be similar to what you've done potentially with the Chrome extension in the Chrome App Store. Now, 
let's talk Google. One of the exciting announcements from Google recently was around trusted web activities, and that's going to make it easier to get PWAs in the Google Play Store too. So now we're talking about PWAs being available in both Microsoft and the Google Play app stores. So what about Apple? Well, unfortunately, Apple hasn't really made it easy for PWAs to be in the app store yet, but there are people that are sticking PWAs in a native app shell and then making those discoverable in the app store. So that is one option, but I'm really looking forward to when Apple makes it a lot easier to get PWAs in there. Finally, if you're looking to get started with a PWA for the first time, then you really need to check out pwabuilder.com. I know Jeff's a little biased because he's responsible for the tool, but it truly is a great resource for getting your feet wet with PWAs. It's designed to answer all of your initial questions you have when exploring a PWA for the first time, and it's a good launch pad for developers as they start making the transition to PWAs. But most importantly, you really need to consider what you're trying to accomplish with your PWA before you get started. What are the goals? What are you, the functionality that you want to include? All of that's really important in deciding whether or not a PWA is the right choice for your business. And if after you answer all those questions, it is, there are great resources out there like pwabuilder.com and others that will really help you figure out how to get started. And make sure you check out next week's episode when we're talking to another leader at Microsoft, more about progressive web apps, the concept of progressive enhancement, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to love what we have in store for you next week. I'm Stephanie Cox, and you've been listening to Mobile Matters. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until then, be sure to visit Lumivate.com and subscribe to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile.